0: What's up everybody and this is an episode of Wrestling With Jonas uh, We're live on the scene here from Blackpool, England and I'm here with uh, Matt Bayliss, a uh, friend, former colleague of mine, Wrestling With Jonas buddy. How you doing Matt, good evening? Yeah, good, thank you very much and uh, thank you for bringing me along with you today as well. No, that's fine. And uh, this is episode 94 of the Wrestling With Jonas podcast and uh, we're on the scene in, in Blackpool. We've just seen NXT UK take over Blackpool 2 from the Empress Ballroom, the Winter Gardens. It's fair old. Need to get here, but definitely, definitely worth it, and uh, lots to kind of go through. We're going to be recapping the main card that happened at the Empress Ballroom, and of course, it's the third NXT UK takeover. Um, the first of which was 12 months ago, pretty much a year to the day when they did the first NXT UK takeover, Blackpool One, and that was the uh, momentous occasion where that was an epic main event between Pete Dunne and Joe Coffey, and Joe Coffey features in the main event to this one as well. But uh, um, kind of, we, we travelled down here today, Matt, and um, obviously the expectation were quite high some really good matches to look forward to we were discussing with the car on the way down that the card was pretty stacked five really top matches to look forward to but kind of coming down here what was you looking forward to most
1: uh, just the atmosphere I think was the main thing so I've seen uh, like the previous takeovers uh, not been to one previously uh, so I was quite excited to, to come along and, and sort of like be a part of it uh, in terms of the matches I think probably Devlin against Tyler Bate was probably the one I was looking forward to the most Um, but overall the card was really really strong
0: Yeah, got to agree. And uh, I think I have to agree about there. The match I was most looking forward to is uh, Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin. I think it's been a a, a bit of a dream match we've been waiting for for a long time. A lot of us probably wanted it as far back as last summer when they were building towards uh, TakeOver Cardiff. We didn't get that. What we did get was an excellent main event between Tyler Bate and Walter, of course. But uh, uh, Jordan Devlin's been one of them characters that's kind of been bubbling under the surface for quite a while now on NXT UK. We know that he's very capable. Uh, We'd love him to see him challenge for, you know, of the championships, the UK championship in particular, somewhere down the line. But today's match against uh, Tyler Bate didn't disappoint, and I can't wait to talk about that one very soon. But uh, definitely a match that we've been looking forward to for a while, and we knew that they were going to deliver it, and they definitely, definitely delivered. But uh, uh, like I say, let's talk about the the atmosphere inside the Empress Ballroom. Um, Like I say, it's a very special kind of venue, and this is the third time they've been there. Obviously, uh, they had the very first United Kingdom championship tournament two years ago to the day, pretty much, or three years ago, sorry, I think. It was January 2017, and that was a really good two-night show uh, with Tyler Bate winning the tournament, beating Pete Dunne in the final, becoming the first ever UK champion. And then, of course, uh, we, we we come back to the Empress Ballroom last year for uh, Takeover Blackpool One, which was an epic show. And back here again, uh, twelve months later. So this seems to be a bit of a, a spiritual home for NXT UK, really, doesn't it, Matt?
1: Yeah, it seems to be like it's going to be their like kind of like their home, their home ground. So I expect them to come back again next year um but then hopefully they'll uh, they'll look to kind of move the other uk takeovers around a little bit Uh, we were talking earlier about whether they're going to just stick with doing two a year or if maybe they can stretch to putting at least one more run as well, or maybe even venturing out into Europe as well.
0: Yeah, that'd no, be really cool to see what they do in the future. And I think they've definitely got the fan base now, That they've they built the fan base to possibly look into doing slightly bigger arenas than, say, the Motor Point or the Empress Ballroom. I think they should come back here um, once a year or maybe once every couple of years, because it is kind of quite a, a spiritual home for the brand um and uh but but yeah you know we discussed possibly using Wembley Arena which I think can hold easily four or five thousand um or you've got to you know some some uh good venues that uh without going too silly can hold a good you know four five six thousand quite comfortably um but uh yeah like I say I know that uh a lot of the UK brand has European talent on there like Walter of course uh the, the champion going into tonight um is from Austria and you know obviously Walter's massive in Germany, and uh, I know that WWE have ties with WXW over in Germany, so it'd be be good to kind of experiment with maybe going a bit further afield and uh, maybe doing a, a takeover in Germany or across Europe. I think the UK brand kind of covers all of Europe, if we're honest, and it'd be good, and I know this has been discussed in many circles, for them to add maybe a secondary title, which could maybe encompass more of a European feel, like the old WWF European title, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think especially with the talent they've got, you've got people like uh, Desmond Wolf and um, uh, Ilya as well who, who'd who be ideal going for that as well. And also then you can always bring uh, people like Devlin into it as well. Um, and maybe having that mid-card title might be something that, that he could take and run with as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I know that we, we had a, a couple of... Um... Pre-show matches, that uh, presumed, were going to be recorded for this coming Thursday's NXT UK on the network. And the first match was A-Kid uh, versus... Joseph Connors Yeah uh, And that was a good little match Really fun little match First time uh, I've seen Joseph Connors in the flesh I've seen A-Kid And in fact we both seen A-Kid at a progress show um, About a year ago That was a really fun match I think Joseph Connors Picked up the win there Then we had a second uh, Kind of pre-show match Which was Cassius Ono Versus Dave Mastiff And that was another Really fun match And We um, uh, Unfortunately, Cassius Ono on the losing end, but putting over a, a very popular British talent, Dave Mastiff, went over in that match. But uh, a couple of couple of good opening matches to kind of kick-start things, get, get the fans warmed up before the main card started. But uh, what were your impressions of those two uh, dark matches, pre-show matches, Matt?
1: Yeah, really, really good. Um, you know, like using some talent that people are already aware of, and obviously getting Cassius Ono on there as well is, is a pretty big name for a pre-show. Yeah. Um, Yeah, as warm-up matches go, they they were quite good. They got people involved. Um, You know, there's clear kind of like heels and faces in the matches. Uh, Got the got the the, uh, the the. you know the the crowd involved in it as well got some good reactions to it, to some of what was going on. You know both both the two pretty tidy matches.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. But um, everybody was looking forward to that the main show, uh, the main card, and the first uh, match to kick it off um, was was two really popular wrestlers and uh, um, Trent Seven versus Eddie Dennis. Uh, Eddie Dennis, as a matter of fact, is the current uh, progress world or unified champion in progress. Um, But he's just returned from kind of quite a serious uh, tricep injury or shoulder injury. I know he's had a a, a number of injuries over the last couple of years, but uh, he was really good in this match. Um, You're you're not the biggest fan of Trent Seven though, are you? No, it's... um... I'm I'm I'm
1: aware that I'm in a massive minority, um, by by not being a big fan. But but no, to be fair, I was I was I was impressed with him. I really enjoyed this match. Um conversely I'm a massive Eddie Dennis fan. Um yeah. You've
0: been watching him for quite a so, few years, um... yeah,
1: I've been watching him harassing him, following him <laughs> around with inflatable sheep <laughs> and all sorts, so um but yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was like two you know, both pretty big powerful guys. Um, both definitely over with the crowd in their own way. Um and it was uh yeah, re- really strong match with uh, some really good spots in it as well, in- including almost seeing the the demise of uh, Trent Seven at one point.
0: Man, that was crazy. I mean, the the first thing that struck me was. Um, I think that the crowd were really, really enthusiastic for Trent Seven's entrance, and I think he got a massive pop, and he really kind of got them all into a frenzy doing his roll into the ring, and then the tail spot where he throws it over the ropes. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, that was an excellent entrance. Really loved his entrance there. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a, a battle between the two of them. The spot that Matt was just referring to, when because uh, Eddie Dennis usually does like the Razor's Edge or Crucifix Bomb, I think he calls it the, um, the Seven Bridge or something like that. I'm not. Yeah, something like that. But he he did it to Trent Seven, but instead of doing it inside the ring, he he, he performed the movie through Trent Seven out of the ring, over the top rope, onto some lackey on the outside. It looked devastating, didn't it? But uh, I mean, the the poor guy that got landed on. uh, Well, I I hope he got paid well for doing that. Uh, But uh, Trent Seven did get back into the ring, but that spot was a bit of a holy shit moment, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the in the first match of the show as as uh, uh, as well. It was um, it's a really good way to get going and really got the crowd off their feet because it came about because Eddie had taken the turnbuckle off in the corner and uh, Trent Seven accidentally got sort of like knocked into it and then the uh, he was about to do the seven the seven bridge bomb into the, the, the exposed turn block and the ref was uh was blocking him from doing it so he kind of just sidestepped and dumped him over the top rope it was you know the angle we were at sort of like you didn't really realize until he did it what he was doing uh, he just thought he was just going to dump him down somewhere else but then to go kind of like launch him over the top rope <laughs> into you know the, the lackey that was there you know to try and break the fall um yeah, you know, and yeah, it was it was brutal and it was sort of like definitely like a, a holy shit, oh my god, sort of moment. And I, but yeah, it was. But in terms of starting off the night right, it was a, it was a really good, good way of kind of setting the tone for what was to come.
0: Yeah, and, and just going back to that move, it's the sort of thing that you do on like a, 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 a WWE computer game, isn't it? Where oh, kind yeah, of, you kind of you throw you, you throw your opponent off the top of the Helliness Hell in a Cell cage or over the top rope with a powerbomb or something like. It was something that you wouldn't normally see, but that was that was devastating. It's probably something they practice on crash mats, but uh, to do it and to see it in, in real life in person was was pretty special. Uh, but like I say. Trent Seven did recover, got back into the match, I don't think the match went too much longer after that and uh, Eddie Dennis uh, won the match with his next stop driver. Um, So that that was a good win for Eddie Dennis I suppose and to be honest with you I don't think it hurts Trent Seven to kind of suffer a loss there. but. yeah, two good wrestlers, good way to kick off uh, NXT TakeOver. Um, can't wait to see that match back on the network. But uh, yeah, really good match. And then that led us nicely into the match. Uh, it was a three-way uh, triple threat match for the women's title. Uh, Kaylee Ray, the defending NXT UK Women's Champion, going up against former champion Tony Storm. And Piper Niven. Now, we were discussing kind of on the journey up here whether Piper Niven would be part of the match. Um, you know, she's had uh, health issues recently. We don't really want to kind of go too much into that. But we're wondering whether they were gonna gonna do some sort of backstage angle to maybe get somebody else involved or to turn it into a two way. It wasn't clear whether she was gonna be fit or well enough to wrestle in the match, but really happy to see that not only was she in the match, but she was fucking awesome in the match as well.
1: Yeah, I mean we saw so when when she came out, it's sort of like it was a relief that she was there and then in sort of like the opening the opening moments of the match she did uh dive through between the ropes onto the outside onto Kaylee Ray and I thought everything I nudged you at the time and said uh definitely fit in (laughs) hell again so uh so it was it was good so obviously the match didn't lose anything from the build or or get changed at the last minute or anything so um, but yeah, it was a, you know, re- a really good performance by, by all three of the women involved
0: Yeah, I mean Piper Niven was not only doing dives she was hitting sentons outside the ring uh, we saw a massive senton off the top turnbuckle to the outside from Kaylee Ray as well uh, the crowd are really behind Piper Niven I think because they've seen quite a lot of Tony Storm and they've seen quite a lot of Kaylee Ray they haven't seen an awful lot of Piper Niven obviously very supportive, a lot of them knowing that the story that's going on in real life for, for Piper and there was a, a huge amount of support for Piper Niven. A lot of people actually believed that she was actually going to do it. Um, I was hoping and believing for a split second that she might do it. Uh, I would have loved it if if she had. Um, but uh, I mean, in, in the end, uh, the, the, I think Piper Niven nearly had the match. One, I think she did. She hit a Canadian destroyer on Kaylee Ray. Yeah, um, she, uh, she hit a Canadian
1: destroyer, which um, which Tony Storm managed to break up at the yeah. last minute. There's there's quite a few like really close near falls towards the end, including one where. Um, I think Tony Storm was on the outside, and uh, the ref was about to count three on a pin, and Tony kind of dived into the ring and grabbed the referee's arm rather than breaking up the pin itself. She actually grabbed the referee's arm, which was, you know, like um, probably not unique. It probably has happened elsewhere, but you know, it was a really good spot Yeah. and a sort of a desperation move to uh, to keep the match alive.
0: Yeah, definitely. But uh, it was a really hot match, and to be honest with you, it needed to be because coming out of the previous UK Takeover in Cardiff, uh, Tony Storm's match with Kaylee Ray was easily the worst match of the night, unfortunately. It really stood out like a sore thumb compared to the other five matches uh, on that card in Cardiff. Um, and they really redeemed themselves tonight. I felt that Tony Storm had one of her better matches I've seen live in person, probably one of her better matches on the NXT UK brand. Uh, Kaylee Ray just smashes it every single time, anyway. You add Piper Niven in there, you know. Back to full health, full fitness. She looked great. um, And not only did the three wrestlers uh, absolutely deliver, but the fans ate up just about everything they did in the ring as well. Uh, But uh, the end of the match came uh, when, uh, let's see, I I think Storm came off the top rope um and uh on onto piper but kaylee ray kicked tony storm with like a, a, a savant kick or a super kick to the side of the head uh, for the pins so kaylee ray kind of stole the win there at the end really uh, with a bit of a sneaky finish but uh, it kind of fitted with the story that was being told in the match it's a really good three-way i think all three women kind of knocked it out of the park and uh, although kaylee ray retained i don't think anybody's massively disappointed in that because she's a, a really good champion and she's actually uh you know not only uh, delivering on the nxt uk brand but she's delivering on the the black and gold brand over in the states as well uh making a bit of a name for herself so yeah um i think that you know the, the opening match eddie dennis trent seven definitely delivered i think this took it up a notch matt what about yourself
1: yeah definitely it was good um, we, we spoke afterwards about the um like the positioning of the matches and, and how the 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 show flowed and and i think to be honest they got it they got it spot on really with sort of like the the order of the matches and the way that it built towards um uh, towards the end of the show yeah. you know to the last match and to after the last match which obviously we will uh if you're not already aware, then obviously you're living under a rock. But um, um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But.
0: Yeah, but uh, an excellent three-way match. Really can't wait to see that one back as well. Uh, the next match, as we alluded to at the very top of the podcast, was the match we were both looking forward to the most going into it. Uh, Tyler Bates, former NXT UK, uh, WWE UK champion, of course, um, against uh, Jordan Devlin. Now, this match, I think like all good wrestling matches told a story but it it kind of started off slow and it built and it built and it built and it built built, to the point where the fans were uh, kind of uh, at a frenzy a fever pitch at the very end and it was the perfect wrestling match i'm not saying it was saying it was a five-star classic but between these two you know we knew that they were going to deliver a good match and they did and i don't think we were in any doubt that they uh, that they wouldn't, to be honest with you. I mean, there was one spot, and I think where it really started to pick up for me was when Tyler Bate did his airplane spin um, spot, which he tends to do against all opponents, regardless of their size. He's done it to Walter before. He's done it to many others, but he did it to, uh, uh, to uh, Jordan Devlin here. Now, I think it was quite interesting how he actually started the move because I think Jordan Devlin um, attempted a move. Tyler Bate caught him on his shoulders, but he was the wrong way round. So I think he was kind of um, either on his back or his front, but he kind of flipped him over in order to get him into the perfect position for the airplane spin and then did about 30 rotations where he just got faster and faster and faster. And just when you, if that was any normal person, you'd, you'd slow down, but not Tyler Bate. He sped up. He did about 30 revolutions with uh, Jordan Devlin on his back and the fans were just... Hook line and sinker—that was it, you know. um, They were on their feet, cheering. The place nearly blew up, to be honest with you, with the with the crowd noise. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, they 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 gave us everything and more. But uh, what were your impressions of this match? It was a fantastic one.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the the way it was it was put together, the way it told a story, was really good. And I think following on from like the airplane spin spot was when they uh, it became like a bit of a bit of a slugfest, and it was sort of like taking in turns, like. Punching each other in the jaw and headbutts, and it just went on and on. And every time you thought someone was getting the upper hand, the other one would come back. And it was brutal. And even from where we were, you could hear the shots. <laughs> and um, you know it was really good. And and I think there, there was twice in the match where Tyler tried to do his move, where he puts his uh, his one hand up in the air, and 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 when the when his opponent looks up, he clocks him with a right. And uh, I think the first time he tried it, Devlin blocked it. And the second time we tried it towards the end of the match, um, Devlin didn't even look up, but clocked Tyler um, straight away across the across the jaw, probably about the twentieth or thirtieth time in the exchange, and you know it just it just built and built and built, and there was a spot near the end where they were both on the top rope, and they could like they kind of switch positions while both balanced on the top rope, and it's like uh, you know we, f- we fully expected them to to fall one way or another, and and uh, and in the end they they flipped it around into a, a massive um, Spanish fly move from Devlin. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, which you know, how they managed to
0: kind of switch positions while they were stood on the top turnbuckle because originally it would have been a perfect position for uh, Tyler Bate to have hit the Spanish Fly. Not that that's typically in his move set, but then somehow they managed to switch switch positions. Um, obviously, in Jordan Devlin's favour, so that he could hit his uh, patented Spanish Fly off the top turnbuckle. But yeah, that was just phenomenal, and uh, I've not seen that kind of um, uh, that kind of transition sort of that setup for that type of move before but that was really cool um but uh, yeah like I say it's one of the matches where you're going to get lots of false finishes lots of close near falls lots of kick outs um but in the end uh Tyler Bate won the match with his Tyler driver 97 and then he, he didn't win the match with a Tyler driver 97 that was his setup for like a corkscrew plancher um and then got the win it was a really hard fought win um and well i mean it's my match of the night to be honest with you i think it kind of built and built and it gave you the perfect wrestling match and after the match um you even had from a balcony just opposite the ring you had triple h you had uh, william regal johnny saint three kind of you know figureheads really of the nxt and nxt uk brand and the british scene and you know what they're trying to achieve with the uk brand um essentially giving The two fighters, the two wrestlers, a round of applause. But in particular, uh, Tyler Bate there that was kind of soaking up all the applause and soaking up all the adulations from uh, Triple H and co. Um, Possibly pointing towards maybe more of a a full-time career over in the States. I don't know. But it certainly looked... It was that sort of you know farewell sort of round of applause wasn't it to be honest with you did you did that kind of strike you as well Matt?
1: Yeah definitely it was like you know it was, it was like a full-on standing ovation from everyone and it went on for a long time um, you know not in a negative way whatsoever um, you know it was it was really positive and I think you know like with the history at the, that arena as
0: well I think the fact that Tyler became the first champion yeah. there I think there's there's a lot of love there. Um, Triple H even tweeted